Noom uses the latest and proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom. N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now, wherever books are sold. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. (laughs) Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. (laughs) They've got stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. Hi, my name is Kevin Hart. And I feel extremely blessed about being Conan O'Brien's friend. My God, I love that. I love that you would say that against your will. Well, you told me to repeat after him. That's what he said, so I just said what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hello there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, uh, Ponzi scheme, whatever you want to call it. We're having a really good time. Joined here by my friends, Matt Gorley, Sonam of Sessian. Hello. Hi, Conan. Good to see you all. Um, This is an interesting episode, not just because uh, we have an incredibly uh, talented superstar guest on the show today. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean myself. (laughs) Ashabahu. Uh, hey. Um, no, uh, Kevin Hart will be joining us. We'll get to the him in just a bit. And and uh, just really just uh, perfection when it comes to uh, comedic forces. But I need to talk first about something that's going to be happening in today's episode that's very different because today is the episode where we reveal whether or not you won a golden ticket. I oh. wish I understood this better. So yeah. Matt Gorley, feel free to jump in and explain it to me. I teed it up last week. I was told to, you know, when they put peanut butter <laughs> on a horse's lips mm-hmm. and then it smacks away and they add, you know, human speaking. Yeah. And it looks like the the horse is speaking. That's what they did to me last week with Golden Ticket. I didn't quite understand it. They put peanut butter on my lips, <laughs> but I said it and I, I, I do think it's a good idea. Some lucky people are going to get a chance uh, to maybe have a, a virtual meeting with me. It might even be on the podcast. 
It's very exciting, but I don't understand how this works. Matt Gorley, can you explain the engineering of the golden ticket? Yes, you are Willy Wonka. You're just like Willy Wonka. And this podcast episode mm-hmm. is a just- A sad, lonely man. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it. Exploits laborers. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, no uh, incredible health violations all over the place. <laughs> yeah, brutal uh, to his employees. Yeah. Brutal yeah. to his employees. Dirty rivers of- of chocolate and, and nougat everywhere with animal <laughs> hair and feces in them. Yeah, okay, go ahead. And so this podcast episode is like a Wonka bar, meaning you'll get one and one, two, three might have a golden ticket in it. And what that means is some individual people will hear an announcement that says they are a winner. Hint, listen to the ads. And then there are instructions in that announcement on how they can sign up to win to meet you. So people are, uh, I, I assume they listen to the ads anyway. I always listen to the ads because I care about the American economy. People do listen um, to the ads in this because you often have such funny moments. And um, Well, mine are wildly unprofessional. Yeah, we lose ads surpri- all the time. <laughs> we hemorrhage <laughs> advertisers. Yeah. I know, yes. we lose so many advertisers. We do. Because I refuse <laughs> to say what I'm supposed to say to sell the product. And listen, I, I feel like that's my job. You know what I mean? I'm the bull, this is the China shop. That's what's supposed to happen. But if you listen to the ads, ads today, you'll hear me give one of, or two of you, or whatever. If you hear a message, how does that work? How does some of them hear it and some of them well, not hear it? we're using something called dynamic insertion, which is usually used for advertising. And, and so like a client can buy 100,000 ads and it goes into 100,000 episodes, but we can set it for a super low number. And that way only special listeners get that. You'll hear a little uh, like horn fanfare if you're the winner. This is, sounds dirty to me. It sounds like, it really does. Mm, we've sent, I wanted this podcast to be pure. And now it's, <laughs> we, we've got some dynamic insertion. Well, it's, it can't be that dirty because it's, it's advertised by State Farm. We should make Oh, I love State Farm. Yeah. State Farm's great. They have they've a lot got, of agents. They've got a lot of agents. Yeah. No, no. It's amazing how many insurance agents State Farms has. And whatever number you think it is in the United States, way more than that. (laughs) Whatever number you come up with, it's much, much more than that. God bless you, State Farm. (laughs) You don't remember the number. (laughs) 19,000? Yeah, 19,000. You said it 45 times. Okay, you just gave me two numbers to remember now. (laughs) 45 and 19,000. This is the nicest you've ever been to a sponsor. Well, listen, I'm nice to them because- what I always look for in any advertiser is how many people do you have in the field? I do. That's important to me. And it's the first question I ask. And so if Burt's Bees comes along and says, uh, do you want to promote Burt's Bees lip balm? I go, hey, Burt's Bees. How many uh, agents you got in the field? And they go, agents? That's not really applicable to Burt's Bees lip balm. And I go, yeah, sounds like a lot of malarkey to me. I, what about State Farm? They have over 19,000 agents, which yeah. I would suggest at the risk of angering State Farm is too many. <laughs> I think they've got agents selling other agents insurance. Like yeah. if you just, wreck a car, they send 20 people over. <laughs> Yeah. If you get into a fender bender, 65 people are going to come running out and 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 just swarm your car. And they'll all be State Farm agents trying to help you. But anyway, uh, yeah, dynamic insertion, uh, robots. Uh-huh. I've done my best to keep this thing pure. But evil forces uh, like Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley have conspired mm-hmm. to insert robotics into my pure artistic form. <laughs> 
<laughs> Robot Masters. You have no idea what it is. Right? I no, still don't know what I'm talking about. Still don't. I just, to be honest, dy- I don't either. Dynamic insertion yeah. uh, sounds like a robot got fresh with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, but, if you're lucky. Uh, listen, what is you, wrong? <laughs> I don't know, but you've got to listen to the whole, listen to all those ads, kids. Yeah. Because one of you or more of you, actually a couple of you are going to hear a special, and then you're going to hear, will it be a robot voice or my voice? It's your, you already recorded the announcement. Yeah, no, I have no memory it. of this. You recorded it. I recorded it already? Yeah. Oh my God, what's happened to me? I don't know. I've just completely lost my mind. I have no memory of this. You well, really are like a horse with who peanut dressed, butter. Who dressed me this morning? I can't I, I'm, wait. I'm, I don't even know who dressed me. The winner is going to get to come visit you in a nursing home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the winner gets to, gets to feed me soup. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know you? Yes. Yes, Conan, I'm a big fan. I won through dynamic insertion. <laughs> Soup is hot. <laughs> Soup's too hot. Blow on it. Oh, um, my God. Uh, you should probably go now. <laughs> Mr. O'Brien needs his nap. But I won a contest. <laughs> I did. I won a contest <laughs> through dynamic insertion. You really have to go. You're upsetting him. <laughs> Why is Mr. O'Brien wearing a Napoleon hat? <laughs> we liked him to think he's Napoleon. <laughs> makes him feel better. Time to go fight in the Battle of Waterloo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this soup is hot. Anyway, oh God. the point is, listen to the show. I hope you win. And then you'll get to meet me and explain to me why you're meeting me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. No, I, I really do think this will be fun. So yeah. let's go for it. And yay, State Farm. Okay, well, now that we've established that I'm suffering from rapid neurological decline, uh, <laughs> let's get to my guest today, an absolutely hilarious comedian and actor, uh, God, you know him from everything. He's in everything and he's great in everything. Such movies as uh, Ride Along, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Think Like a Man. His stand-up tours have sold out arenas around the world. Now he has an audiobook, The Decision, available on Audible. Very excited uh, he's with us today. A gentleman, an absolutely fine fellow, and uh, hilarious. Kevin Hart, welcome. Kevin, you are just back from a workout mm-hmm. and you're sweating. Yes. And um, what are you working out all the time for? You're in amazing shape and yes. I find it irritating. It's all about the naked walk away in the bedroom. That's <laughs> oh. what it's about. It's about the naked walk away. My fear is walking away naked and hearing, oh, God, that's my fear. So I'm trying to keep everything intact so that I never hear, oh, God. Well, let me tell you, as someone who hears that all the time, <laughs> it's not that bad. You get used to it. <laughs> it's, after a while, it's okay. After a yeah. while, you just don't even hear it anymore. <laughs> no. And my wife is very vocal about the fact that I look awful. I've got a sickly, flat, white ass with little freckles on it. And... Everything's messed up back there. I got a little tuft of orange no. hair Aww. at the very, in the small of my back. Yeah, there you go. That I've never, ever trimmed. Yeah. Oh. And at go. this point, it's about eight inches long. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. No, so, man. You uh, know what? You know what, going Honestly, man, I'm I'm in love with just, with trying to give myself the best opportunity to be around for a long time. So everything that I can do to help that, I'm, I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, the things that I can't control, of course I can't. But I like eating healthy. I like 
like working out. I like uh, being active. I like the fact that I'm 41 and I feel 30. Uh, those are the things that are that are bonuses for me. Good for you. Thank I, you. I, I, I applaud you. I applaud what you're doing. Thank you, man. Uh, I am 57. People tell me like I look like a 74 year old woman. <laughs> A Dutch woman. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you who go. tends to her flowers. And that's because they know. think that you have hair running down your back, but they don't know it's actually in the small of it. your back. They don't know. You know what I up. do? I comb it forward now. It's gotten so long that I take my low back hair and I comb it forward, and it adds. Uh, I just saw, I think I just saw your trainer walk yeah, by. he just walked that by. That better be your trainer. It's no, your trainer or your lover. I don't know who it was. It was my trainer. I could tell you that oh. was my trainer. He has no respect for any work that I'm doing. You know, we're in quarantine together. So his whole thing is trying his best to uh, to be seen. I mean, it's really annoying. I call him a right. mammoth. A mammoth. Right. A walking mammoth is what I call him. I can't him. believe he would have the nerve. He must have known you were talking to the Conan O'Brien on a podcast, he probably shit himself when he heard that. No, I actually told him this morning. He said he didn't give a shit. He, uh, I told him, I said, hey, man, you know I got Conan this morning. He was like, who the fuck is that? And that's when, that's when I was like, you, you know Conan. He's like, no, I really don't. And I went down all the things that you've done. He still didn't know. Uh, so you so, really went into detail about all the stuff? Did you show many photos? Yeah, I showed him the photo. I showed him the thing that we did for my movie promos. He yep. was like, never seen it. Um, yeah. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like, whatever. So, wow. Well, I, it sounds like you were very thorough with him. Yeah. And he still has no clue. I, I made sure that I was like very like accurate with my description yeah. of you, what you've done, why you're successful, why yeah. you're a friend to me, why I'm a fan of you. He didn't he didn't care. Didn't he care. Didn't, no, wow. he didn't care. You put a lot of time into trying to explain to him who I am and I appreciate that. Yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. It is you what know? it is. You know, yeah. look at you eating egg whites. You're eating egg whites right now as you talk to me, which I find uh both inspirational and disrespectful. What do you mean? At the same time, that's hard to do. Uh, uh, Why do you, you not like the yolk? There's nothing wrong with the yolk. You can have the yolk. I just told you I'm in love with a healthy lifestyle, and you're questioning me about why I'm eating egg whites. It's because the yolk it's is healthy too. The yolk. I, I don't is want healthy. it, Conan. Don't tell me what you're, to eat. <laughs> eat. I don't the want yolk. the yolk. I don't want to eat the yolk. Eat it. Eat just, the yolk. I don't want the yolk. You eat the yolk. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you 900 yolks. Okay, that's... And I want you to eat one a day. That's ridiculous. I'm not eating the yolk. I don't want the yolk. I have spinach in my egg white with a hint of pepper and some avocado on the side. And to wash it down, I have a green juice that has some ginger and some lemon cayenne pepper in it, uh, which is good for my digestive system. These are things that I've learned uh, over the course of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've turned into, like, Jack LaLanne, you know? It's an old <laughs> reference. The kids won't know what I'm talking about. But there was a guy who— uh, I know Jack was, LaLanne. Well, I know you probably know him, but Jack LaLanne was this uh, little man that was a health expert back in the 40s and 50s and yeah. 60s. Yeah. And he would eat the same stuff. And guess what? He used to get in, a, in the water— and tow a bunch of tugboats every year with, with a rope in his teeth. Yeah. And he lived to be like 110. Yeah. So it works. It actually works. It does. I mean, look, Jack Lane is somebody that I think, like you said, they're going to have to do a lot of research on. But you're going to see a lot of clips that are just unnecessary that had nothing to do <laughs> with fitness. Like the one you just said, tugging <laughs> boats with your teeth. Uh, not really a justification of being in shape. It's just a There's strong There's no reason jawline. to be doing that. 
It's just yeah, a strong no, exactly. jawline. Yeah. Well, he had a <laughs> fucked up jaw because of it. Yeah. And you could never, later in life, you could never understand what he was saying because his jaw was yeah. all messed up yeah. from pulling boats. And he'd yeah. be like, you'd be like, what's the secret to a healthy life? And you're like, oh, you shouldn't have pulled the boats. Yeah, Jack. there it is, Jack. Maybe that's why your jaw hurts. That's exactly what it is. Let me start by complimenting you. Thank you, um, man. You are, and I've said this to people because I've worked with you a bunch of times. We've done different remotes together. We've shot different things together many times over the years. And I always say the same thing. I've never seen anybody. Obviously, you have God-given talent and a lot of it. But we both know that doesn't get you. That gets you someplace, but not far. Mm -hmm. Nobody works harder. I see you. I see your brain working constantly to think of how could I make this funnier? What could we do now? How can I increase the energy? How can I create an environment where funny things will happen? Nobody is dedicated to that like you. Thank Nobody you, that Thank I've you. worked with. Um, it's, uh, here's the part where you, you tell me what's good about me. Oh, all right. Oh. Well, let me do it. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can, <laughs> no, no, but, no, but I'm serious. I, here you Kevin, go. I, I you. think that you, out of all of the hosts that I've ever worked with, and I've worked with them all, name it, I've been with them. I have never seen a person read no, oh, wait a minute. I have never seen. Wait, a, did you write this on your when hand? When you come what? out, just give me a second. I'm reading. Okay. When you come out, <laughs> you. No, that's not you. Uh, scratch what I'm about to say because this is scratch. Well, that's it. Colbert. You're thinking sorry. of Colbert. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I got a thing after this, and this is a. Uh, forget it. Forget it. Go back to what you were doing. Go back to what you were doing. <laughs> Sorry. Forget it. <laughs> spoken from the heart. Everything spoken by the heart from the heart. Uh, <laughs> you know what I wish? I wish when I go, and God knows I'm going to go, I want you to give the eulogy and get up and do that and go, the thing about Conan, wait, wait, that's not Conan. Hold on a sec. Hold on. The thing about no, that wasn't him either. I got a couple funerals and then, today. And then, yeah. and then I got a few, I got three funerals today. <laughs> and then just wander off. Go, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, I am I am serious. Uh, people don't realize, and this is something, um, there are a lot of comedy fans that, that listen to this, and I want them to know that comedy is all about creating the right conditions for comedy to happen in a moment. And you can't make it happen unless the conditions are right. And every time I've been with you, I see you, you immediately change. You create an environment where something really funny not only can happen, but will happen. It just will happen because your energy is off the charts and your instincts, you're constantly monitoring the situation and saying, okay, if Conan went left, I'm going to go right. Mm -hmm. If if the energy's over here, I'm going to go that way to help counteract that energy and add to it somehow. It, it's very difficult to understand, but or it's to explain. It's not difficult to understand. No, to I think you're doing. A, I think you're doing a great job of it. I mean, look, I I feel I feel that comedy's reactive, right? And you, mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. said, you've been in comedy for 30 years. You've been all around it, from writing, from performing, from hosting, and you've been jousting all that time because you can't always be in the lead. And if you have that mindset and you think like that in comedy, well, you know, your funny is going to have a time limit on it. So what I learned and what I've held on to and I always gravitate towards is things are funnier when when the entire thing is good. 
Um, if one person stands out and one person's just funny, well, it's not going to do the project or the the project, yep. the sketch, the monologue. There has to be an effort of making all of your surrounding counterparts just as good because the straight man shines. Well, then the funny guy shines even more. And sometimes yes. the funniest guy can become the straightest guy. So so I've learned that and I'm, I'm always on that balance beam. And with you, from the times where I was a guest on your show to the times where we've done our sketches together, I think there's always been an amazing, an amazing display of a, a ping pong match going back and forth and allowing each other to hit the ball. There's never an ego involved of I need I want, I have to, it's always an understanding of how do we make this the best thing possible? Yes. You always walk into a situation with a lot of humility. You're just there as a person who wants to try and make it funny. You're not there as a guy that's played the biggest arenas in the world or had, you know, uh, been in the biggest movies. Uh, You're not coming into it with any of that. I remember we shot something, I shot something with you. I think this was your idea where we uh, work out with sumo wrestlers. But it started (laughs) with us going to a diner and you went in there and you were just, uh, I mean, you could have been uh, starting out for all anyone would know. Mm -hmm. You walked into that diner, a lot of people there, they're freaking out. You were just focused on, okay, I'm sitting in a diner at a counter with Conan and we're gonna try and uh, make this thing funny. And so- you would do funny things, but you would also, if I did something stupid, react to that. Mm-hmm. I always liken it to, there really is a thing with music where I play amateur guitar, but if you're playing with a guitarist, if they're playing low on the neck, you go up high on the neck to to blend in. You don't play the same thing. And I sense you doing that all the time. You're constantly, your your ethic is absolutely unparalleled. Thank you, man. I've I've been very lucky from all of the projects that I've done, the the co-stars that I've had, the the cast that I've had around me in various different movies, uh, television. There's always been a high level of generosity from from everybody to to give. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without that without that giving, without that understanding, without knowing that. If you don't set me up right, well, I can't hit the ball. And yes. then if I catch the ball, I got to throw it back to you. So let me make sure that it's a good pitch or a good throw. It's I've always been able to do that. And, uh, you know, I think because of that, the projects have succeeded. I think the best person that I've worked with that did it on such an amazing level where I sat back and not only laughed, but I really dissected everything this individual did was Will Ferrell. When me and Will Ferrell did Get Hard, I looked at that as a comedy school over the course of two and a half months. I have never seen improv done at this level. Whatever the scene was, Will knew the scene. And if he went for the funny, he knew how to get back to the scene. He knew how to get back to the moment. He knew how to get back to the purpose. And when he and I were going back and forth in certain things, we had a time clock. We both had a mental time clock of how long. We've been in this for about 15 seconds. Okay, let's get back to the scene. Put the button on it. And there was always a button. And there was never a thing that ran on too long. That's where the real talent within the craft uh, is put on display. And when I watched Will Ferrell do it, I said, he's where he is because of him knowing how to do this because there's no way for anything that he does to really be bad. Even if it's a bad thing and people may not be a fan of the movie or whatever, you can't be mad at the effort and ability to find a laugh. 
there's a lot of people that would say, well, Kevin Hart's, he's just funny. Uh, Will Ferrell's just funny. So they have that and aren't they lucky? And what they don't understand, I mean, it's work ethic, I think is part of it. And it's also instinct, but someone like Will, you have it too, but I know exactly what you're talking about with Will. He always knows what he's going for. He's got a really quick mind. And if you're improvising with him, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's put some thought into it. He's not just winging it. And he's also talented enough to make it amazing. But I think a lot of people don't understand and maybe because it's not sexy to say. It's just not sexy to say, yeah, Will has talent, Kevin Hart has talent, but then they put in this enormous amount of work and thought. Mm. Well, a lot of people don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, who wants to hear that? It's like, you know, I want to be a great musician. Well, you got to go, you got to practice for thousands of hours. Well, that's, no, I just just want to be a rock god, you know? I have an amazing comparison for you. We were having a discussion with, with me and some of my other comedian friends on our radio show. And the discussion was based around people not understanding the maturity that comes within comedy. Right. Like mm-hmm. like there's a there's a crazy movie that that people love to watch. And that movie is the rise and mm-hmm. then the fall of individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. So with comedians, there's always a big thing of, oh, my God, he's the funniest, funniest, funniest. And then there's a thing of, man, he's not funny no more. He's not yep. funny like he used to be. Right. I remember when Kobe Bryant started playing with his back to the basket. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to an NBA legend. I remember when LeBron James started playing with his back to the basket. When Michael Jordan started playing with their back to the basket, they were still the best basketball players on the planet, but they learned how to be the best with less effort and less work so that they can last for long, right? They started to learn how to take care of their body and execute and score efficiently without doing the things they did when they were older. Hence, I mean younger. Hence with comedians, there was a period with comedians where you got no problem flying across the stage, flying on the floor, being as physical and energetic as possible because that's the thing. You're young, you're ready, you're this. But then as you start to get more polished, you gain more knowledge about the art of joke telling. The same thing with comedic acting. You gain more knowledge and understanding of how to make a scene actually flow. So when you talk about that poise side of it, I witnessed Will Ferrell at a mature stage in his career show how polished he was with an understanding of dissecting a scene from front to end and giving you the funny where you needed it, not necessarily where you wanted it. That to me is when you become an engineer of the craft. Right. You put in the hard work, you dedicate yourself, and then later on you learn to be more efficient. So, I mean, if I, I can look at me, I can look at a tape from me from 27, 28 years ago, and I see myself working, and it's hard for me to watch. But then I can watch myself later on, and I want you to take away from this that I just look at old tapes of myself all the time, <laughs> and I make the kids watch it too. And I'm in my, I'm just wearing boxers, and I'm like, get in here. See, see what I did. And they're crying. And my wife's like, enough, enough. I swear to God, we're leaving. I packed. And I'm like, look at it. Look at me. Um, No, uh, you're absolutely right. It is about, and and it's the same analogy, again, with sports, with music. It's trying to figure out a way to conserve. I mean, it really does apply to you. You famously have incredible energy. Mm -hmm. You're a machine, but- 
you also know you'd like to be doing this when you're 85, mm-hmm. if that's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to see it when you're 85. Well, it's going to be, be a I mean, couple of stools. Gonna, couple stools. <laughs> Couple Just stools. you sitting on, a, on some yeah. stools. A couple stools. Oh, uh, probably an IV drip. IV drip on stage. <laughs> a nurse with me to wipe my mouth every so often uh-huh. if I can't feel. If I can't feel the spit, you're hired to just make sure I'm not spitting on myself up here. That's all I care about. Mr. Hart. Kevin Hart drool yeah, live. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's the know. name of my special. Still drooling. Still drooling. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Why is he in, a re- in an arena? Just, yeah. He's just sitting on a stool. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense anymore. No entrance. There's no entrance at all. I'm just on a hospital bed on stage. I ain't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just yelling yeah, at people. It. it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts to breathe. Uh, applause? Yeah, the applause it. lights going. Uh, <laughs> unnecessary, uh, uh, unnecessary special effects on stage. I still got the fire. That's <laughs> not safe. You know what I love too is if the camera's doing all that stuff where they shoot you in concert, where the where the where the the camera's on a crane and it's spinning around above you. It's all that, but you're in a bed, <laughs> barely moving, and yelling at people and drooling, and the camera, and every now and then they come out and put it put a different leather suit on you and then the cameras spin around again and you're like, it hurts. Yeah. I still, and I got on like just a weird, a weird leather top. You can tell I don't have pants on. It's just a leather, it's just a leather top. So, cause you only see my top half from the medical bed I'm in. But right. this is what I wanted. One last go around. My diehard fans. My diehard fans are still there. It's a, a fan of 30 in a 15,000 seat arena. I got yes, 30 people. Yes. Just yes. tiny little pockets of people sitting way far away from each other. You know, I lo- I, I'll, I'll be there. I love I'll it. check it out. I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go! You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for, or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. 
You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And- uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. think you got this you have like a a nuclear fuel like it's i i imagine it's it's almost like tony stark it's like Mm -hmm. you've got this thing in your chest that's burning away with nuclear fuel that is one of your superpowers it's not all of it but it's one of them this dynamo that's inside you do you know where that comes from i'm gonna tell you man and this is this is gonna blow your mind because it just hit me this year this pandemic this conversation of systemic racism, all the stuff that there's been murmurs and conversations, but the focus hasn't been as loud as it's been this year. It hit me now that the reason why I'm always trying and always looking for more, trying to create more, is it was a fear of it being taken away, right? It was a fear of somebody going to come and take this away. It's impossible to last forever. There was a fear that I'm not supposed to be here and that I'm lucky and fortunate to be here, right? It's like, I hit the ball out the park. Oh my God, look at me. I'm a shooting star. And when you look at it, it's only a certain amount, you know, of of people of color that get these opportunities. So when you get these opportunities, as black people, we're holding on for dear life because outside of the opportunity is what? So I'm trying to get as much off of the plate and have been trying to get as much off of the plate to either create other opportunities 
or plant a flag of stability that can't be moved so that you're no longer you're no longer in the space of mental fear of damn it's over right? right and that's and that's a crazy thing because i swear to you conan it just hit me i said oh my god that's been my fear my fear has been this all being taken away because someone says up oh, it's done up oh, it's over and all the hard work and energy and effort that you thought was going to last ran out. Your shooting star went down. So how do I become a brand, a business, a, a entity, a IP, a, uh, I mean, when I, when I, a streaming service, a, a company, a investor, how do I do everything and check it all off the box? So at the end of the day, I've built a brick house. And when you go to blow, this bitch ain't going to fall. You may break the glass, but this house ain't going to fall. How do I do that? Oh, I know how. I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to run 100 miles per hour, 365 a year. And when I get to said age and I decide to sit down and drink my first gallon of water after running for so long, I'm going to look back and all of the things that have been accomplished and done are things that are hopefully going to set my kids, my family, my next generations and generations to follow with multiple levels of opportunity, multiple shots at success. And the success doesn't have to be entertainment stardom. There's different levels. If I create the thing that I think that I'm doing, if I create this mogul machine with all of these different branches, well, there should be a lot of people that come out with success stories from it. That's my real success. So if I do it correctly, my real success is not going to be the star that I was. It's going to be the stars that I made. That's my reason for this crazy battery in my back. And this pandemic, I swear to you, sitting in the house, Having a conversation, I said, oh, shit. I remember Chris Rock had a joke, and I just laughed at the joke. It was funny, but now I understand the truth behind it. Chris Rock said he always kept a bag packed in his house by the door. He said because he believed that one day somebody's going to come in and say, this shit ain't yours. It's over. He said because I'm the only guy in my neighborhood that's a star. Everybody else is just a regular person. Dennis, doctor, surgeon principal that's that's built schools but these are these are all just regular people i'm the only astronomical star no way that they're gonna let me stay here and there was like a fear in the back of his head and it was a funny joke we laughed <laughs> but today it makes sense i'll tell you a true story it's a very vivid memory chris back in the day there was a period of time where he was coming on our show and he had left sound out live and he was I think he was a correspondent for Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, mm -hmm. I believe. And he'd come on and he'd come on as a guest. And then, of course, he did his iconic comedy special that absolutely blew up. Mm -hmm. He'd come on and the crowd would be screaming 10 minutes before he came out. You know, I'd be trying to get through the first 10 minutes of the show. But the atmosphere was different because Chris Rock was in the building and he'd become such a huge star. And I remember he'd come on countless times and he was this huge deal 
And almost every time he would come out, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Rock, he'd come out and they'd be going crazy. He would always make a quiet comment to me just as we like shook hands or hugged before he sat down, which was, they're not onto me yet. You know, (laughs) a comment that he would always say that. Now, no one could hear him, only I could hear him. But he must've said that to me three or four times. And Mm -hmm. it was always a different version of that, which is, well- okay, it's still happening for now, mm-hmm. or they haven't come on to me, they're not on to me yet, or, well, they don't know, still got them fooled, mm-hmm. that kind of joke. And I could see him saying that to me, but his head is turned away from the crowd. They're going nuts, and he's confessing to me exactly what you just said. Yeah. And I remember him saying it several times. I don't know if it's all artists. I'm assuming it's all artists, but I know it's true about comedians, we all think I'm here, you know, but for the grace of God. And what you're talking about, which is something I cannot relate to, which is you add this race component, which complete, I think this whole moment in uh, the last six, seven months, really exploding, starting with George Floyd and continuing through so many of these shocking events has been people like me, you don't understand that in the in in the black community have perceived a slightly a different America than the one that you perceive, mm-hmm. and it's with us all the time. And because it's with us all the time, we do think about some things differently. Mm-hmm. We perceive things differently, and it is, I guess, shocking to me. And and I'll even admit it's embarrassing to me that I haven't understood it as completely. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. I, as I, I, I I'm just I. I didn't. But I here, didn't understand. But here's the thing, though. I'm going to sit up here and admit I was aware, but with the light that's now shine, you're more aware, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. where I was, I was conditioned to deal. What I saw is what I knew. And what I knew is where I grew. This is it for me. This is what it's going to be. This is what life is supposed to be. I don't know anything else outside of this. So because I got the opportunity to get outside of it, when you get outside of it, you look back, this is when you start to go, holy shit. Oh, this is what this is what people talk about. This is the racial divide. This is the conversation. So when you're when you're a, when you're a part of that, and you're you're gaining success, financial, uh, relationship, opportunity. Well, the scramble to get it all is because you don't know how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. And that's what the white community has never truly understood. There's a there's a safety net of longevity that comes with opportunity. So the reason why a me, uh a rapper, uh, a young studio exec, a and artist trying to hustle to become a producer, signs 58 artists, <laughs> 58 music artists in six months. And people are like, are you crazy? Hell no. I don't know how long they're going to let me stay here. Right. It's a fear of it's going to get taken away. It's not going to last. What some that are extremely privileged and blessed have been able to do Hence your Oprah, hence your Tyler, hence uh, uh, Puff, uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce. They've created these entities that now stand alone to where they've been able to onboard and hire and give opportunities and show 
so many that had no idea what else was out there, what the possibilities can be. Yeah. But you take these shooting stars away. Well, how do these opportunities come? Right. And that's the part where now the education is 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 being served on a dish that's got food good enough for people to eat and go, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't I kn- I didn't know that this was here. I had no idea that this food was even on the side. I had no idea. So the conversation becomes, how are we now going to be conscious and improve? And what you just said shows that you're a part of the improvement. It's the it's the understanding of, oh, I didn't know. Oh, shit. Honestly, I'm OK. I am embarrassed that I didn't know. That's the right. that's the improvement. So so how many can do that and how many moving forward will? Because then you understand the hustle. You understand right. Kevin's crazy drive. You understand why Kevin's filming a movie and touring at the same time and trying to get to his office at 9 a.m. with his staff. You understand. Yeah. You understand why, why, why that's the attitude and, 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 and the effort now. It's just a different, it's a different way to look at it. I had this moment long before this current conversation. There's this guy that works on our show, Chris Hayes. Who is? I mean, is he from? I think he's from Lompoc. Is that right? He is from Lompoc. He's yeah. from Lompoc, uh, and he's black. And I had this movie night, and he came over, and we we're like sitting out having a beer before we're going to watch the movie and eating some food. And he made some remark about coming to this neighborhood because I live on the west side of L.A. and I live in a nice neighborhood. And I didn't understand. What, and I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You know, I just have to when I drive into your neighborhood, I'm on my best behavior." And I, I stopped the conversation. I was like, why, what is he? And he said, why I have to drive because I know there's a good chance I'll get pulled over because I'm in a very different neighborhood. And I was, uh, I'll, I'll say it again. I was embarrassed. I was, I felt some shame that that hadn't occurred to me. And then I realized, uh, I think it's part of this conversation that I've been having with a lot of people is this whole idea that, so get over yourself. You were embarrassed, you didn't know, or you didn't, re- you didn't realize, obviously we all know there's, there's racism. We all know that it's a big part of this, our world. But when you hear, but wait, that's my friend. What do you mean? He's really, he has to have his driver's license ready. Mm-hmm. If he comes to my neighborhood, he has to be worried about getting mm-hmm. pulled over. I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. now and I'm ashamed. And one of the things that's come out of this is so what? Fucking get over yourself. Be embarrassed. That's a you're paying a much smaller price than Chris Hayes is playing. Mm-hmm. Paying. Get over it and work on changing it. That's you know. Um, I think part of what this conversation has has all been about. And I think what's so powerful about you saying this is that I'm telling you, Kevin. People look at you and think they just think you've got the world by the tail, and that. You've been blessed and you have been blessed in many ways, of course, but they don't understand that you feel that way. Oh, absolutely not. They do not know that a Kevin Hart, because they otherize you. And I don't mean in the otherize you in the, in the racial way. They otherize you in that America takes successful people and turns them into gods. Mm -hmm. And so it's Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart is just, oh, he's got it made. They do not understand what drives you. They couldn't. They they couldn't understand and they wouldn't. And they also don't understand being where I am now, the ice that I have to walk on in this position. There's thin ice. 
I'm walking on thin ice. So I'm not complaining about it. I'm very thankful. I'm very happy for all of my success. But I'm walking on thin ice. There is no room for error for a black successful man. I'm sorry. There isn't. No. There, no. there isn't. And, and, and the world doesn't understand that and hasn't processed it. Like, you know, with what happened with me from tweets of old, you know, yep. I'm, yep. I'm, I, I did everything in my power to try to show that I was sorry, remorseful. I mean, it took time. I don't know if it's still received or not received, but me trying to show the person that I am and Hey, this is guys, I'm still me. I'm the happiest person. I love everybody. That took an amazing display of, of effort and energy to prove once again who I am. I have mm -hmm. to go above and beyond to prove that because it's been compromised. Okay, well now that thing goes past. Well, Kevin messed up again. Guys, I'm, I never said I'm not going to mess up. Why? The pressure right. of perfection is on me for what? Oh, that's right. Because we don't get these shots. So yeah. the yeah. ones that do, if you mess it up, then where's the next one? Because this right. one doesn't deserve it. That's the mindset. That's the attitude. And that's something that the world has yet to truly identify with. So when I'm now in this position of quote unquote power, I'm a CEO. I'm a chairman of my company. I sit on the boards of several other companies. I'm a real fucking entity. I'm a real mogul. But guess what? Anytime anything happens with me personally, well, now I got to worry about those that work underneath me. And it's hundreds of people. So now Kevin has to walk at the highest level of success in a, in a, in a piece of fear with his moves. Right. Because I can't, I can't, I can't mess up. This is, this is where my mindset is and has been. And now because of it, I just try to make sure I'm always doing the right thing. And if I finish my my time in this business and I've maintained uh, a level head and I've been able to do it, then God bless me. But if I didn't, oh, well, then it, it wasn't meant to fucking be. Like, at, at the end of the day, you get one life. Yeah. I get one life. And I got to live my goddamn life. Because when it's all said and done, I'm going to look back at it. And if I'm not happy or if I wasn't happy and if my family wasn't happy, then we didn't do it right. We didn't do it right. But the pressure that comes with the intent of, well, holy shit, Conan, we're talking about a different one. Yeah. Talking about a different level of pressure. And that's the part that people just aren't aware of. But I love it. I stand up to pressure. I've stood up to it all this time. I take it head on. Take it head the fuck on. And there's nothing that can happen except you get knocked on your ass. And the beauty of that is you can see how it felt. But dust comes off. Yeah. Bruises heal. I've been I've been bruised up a lot, buddy. Yeah, I've been, I've been punched and well, kicked a you've lot. You've been also, I mean, <laughs> talk about people not realizing. I don't know if a lot of people realize how badly you were hurt recently. My you know, accident, in that accident. Yeah, you I couldn't were, wipe my ass. <laughs> why didn't you call me? I'd have I, wiped your ass. I will. I should have. I should have called me. I would have happily wiped your ass. I could not wipe my fucking ass, man. That's another another piece of reality. That's when that's when is reality. Is there a device when you can't wipe your ass? Is there a device you can get? You got a fucking help button. You got a help button. That's about it, man. The most the most humbling shit ever in the world 
is not being able to wipe your ass and having an innocent look in your eye for help. That is the most humbling thing in the world. When I tell you, I have never been more appreciative of my wife in my life than when oh, your I need wife a, swiping your ass. She wasn't happy about it. She wasn't happy about it. But she well, did if she it. was happy about it, I'd be very suspicious. You weren't happy about it. Yay! Goody! <laughs> it's ass wiping time. She was like, "Why don't you let the nurse do it? I don't want the nurse to do it. I don't know. I don't like it. I want you to do it." So that that had to be done for a while. But that's when I got punched in the face with more reality. Yeah. You know, like this, like I built up this thing for so long that I was in control. Me, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I gotta, I'm doing, I gotta make me, me, me. That's what you think because you're doing so much. You start to, ah, ah. <laughs> you just knocked your egg whites over. I just over. knocked my goddamn egg whites over. Conan, that's why they want to do this shit. <laughs> See? You know, if there was yolk in there, if there was yolk in there, the plate would have been heavier and it wouldn't have flipped off the God table. Damn it. Egg whites are too light. That's the problem. You might be on to something. Uh, you got to have some yolks. Yeah, I got to have some yolks. But you know, it's, what's, what's, what's crazy is you were micromillimeters away from being paralyzed yes. for life. Very true. Doctor held his fingers up and they were a very small space. There was a small space. He said, that's how close you are from never walking Jesus again. Jesus Christ. That's how close. He said, you're very blessed and fortunate. Uh, he said, because of my core strength, of course, I, I say because of God first, but he said also my core strength played a major part in saving me from being paralyzed wow. as well. Um, but, you know, that was that was a moment where, like, life could have been over, man. Snap of a finger. Bye-bye, life. But it's so funny when, it, when you say I, 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 that is a trap I know that I've fallen into a lot, which is... I mean, when I'm in my office, the building says Conan on it, and mm -hmm. there's a thousand pictures of Conan inside, and everyone's wearing a shirt that says Conan because I I make them. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like Willy Wonka's factory. I just move. I insist it's I great, insist on it. It's a great move. Uh, <laughs> and we actually make really good chocolate there. Not good comedy, it's but a good great chocolate. Move. Great move. Um, I love it. But uh, you can get into this idea that I'm making all this happen when. <laughs> you really got to give it up for how many people around you are supporting you and that there's a limit to I. There's a limit to what we can do. We need help. And occasionally you do need someone to wipe your ass. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. not been in that situation. Well, I've had people do it not because I can't wipe my own ass, but just, because I – just yes. laziness. Yeah. You just, just and be <laughs> Yeah. Yes. You're not a morning I, person. I understand. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we've had interns complain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's been some lawsuits, but I yeah. say, look, what's yeah. the point of having your name on the building if someone can't wipe your ass? Exactly. I'm there Who's trying to get college credit, you I'm know? Right there with uh, you. Um, but no, I, uh, I understand exactly what you're talking about. And the, the other thing I wanted to say that you brought up that I thought was such a good point, you've worked so hard to build a business. And I'll tell you something, you could take some of the whitest, most racist, ignorant people in America who are in a bubble. And, and I, I think it's just very American. But if you show them your spreadsheet and you show them how much money your company is making and how many mm. people you employ, mm. the most racist person will be like, shit, mm. you know, would you like, I mean, <laughs> mm. it shouldn't be that way, but mm. sadly it is. It is. It's beating them at their own game because we do. It's we, sad that it is. But it is. It yeah. is true. Money is the one thing, sadly, in America that gets people to 
get over some of their prejudices. They because they, it's, I think, sadly, in a lot of parts of our country, we respect that more. Well, and and it, it makes sense to me that you would want to build a system where it's like, you know what, you you've got to respect that one day I'm going to have a Fortune 500 company. You know what I mean? You've got you to, to respect that that, uh, and it doesn't matter what prejudices you have and. People who don't know that, yeah, okay, he's from Philadelphia and he used to sell shoes for a living before he got into comedy and he struggled for years and years and years and and who are biased against the color of your skin, once they see, fuck, look at this thing he's built. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. At the end of the day, whether you're a fan or not, whether you're a fan or not, you're going to respect my effort, my attempt and my effort. And- whether I get to that place of ultimate success, I'm at least going to set the blueprint, an example for the person behind me to do it better. So, so my efforts, my push, my attempts, if I do come up short, which I doubt I will, because I don't lose. I don't fucking lose. I say that confidently. I do not lose. Mm-hmm. If I do come up short, I will have come so close that the next person is going to go, all I got to do is this and then make a right instead of that left. That's all I got to do. My moves in this business have not been astronomical, have not been genius. I have watched and studied so many and I have followed the path that so many have set before me. And getting to a certain place, okay, some have went this way and this way. I'm going to try this way. I'm going to try to do this. That's how ground gets broken. That's how new success becomes a story. It's within the attempt. So right now, my attempt is one that we're witnessing. And some may see, some may not. That's not my business for for you to be aware. My business is in the business of implementing and planting a flag of opportunity. Mm -hmm. If I do that, then I did my job. I did my job. I realized my purpose. I realized my opportunity. And if I create more, well, I did it. So whether you like me or not, you're going to have to respect it. You're going to have to respect it and go, holy shit. Whether you like Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z, Beyonce, all those names that I named before, and there's so many more. Whether you like them or not, you have to respect what they did with their opportunity. Mm -hmm. They created more. So if I can put myself in that conversation, then God bless me. Thank well, you. Well, I think you – well, first of all, I think you you did. First of all, you you put yourself in that conversation. And my only wish for you, because I do honestly really consider you a friend. You're someone who's – I have a lot of admiration for as a person, as a comedian, uh, but as a life force and a person. My wish for you is that you take – 30 seconds every day to understand that you have done it and, and, and that you have, have some self-love every day to say, I did it. I did do it. It has been done. You are continuing to do it, but honor that you did do it, Kevin. You know what I mean? It's not all in the future for you. And I, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish it wasn't the case that you felt like someone might take this all away from you, but- God, I think you've made that highly unlikely. You've really, I mean, I do not understand how someone could do that. This is why <laughs> I love you. Because you are, because no one, I would never bet against you. You're the last person on earth I would bet against. You are undefeatable. You're just, uh, 
and I, I really admire you. I really have such great admiration for you. This is why I love you. You are a friend, and the amount of respect that I have for you is just through the roof, and it's for, it's for so many more reasons outside of what you do. It's just the person that you are, man. So uh, until hell and high water, you, you forever got me for whatever you All mean, right. and I mean that. All right. Well, I need a lot of money. Okay. And I need it now. Okay. Well. No, I'm talking, I need like $6 million. Yeah, well, let's, I fucked well, up. Well, let's talk about No, I need it in cash. I need it in cash. Listen, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, let me go. But, uh, and let's I'm going to let you it. go, but you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm well, going to have my people contact your people at right. $6 million. All right. I, so let's talk offline. I'm into some bad people. These are bad people, Kevin, and I need this fucking money. Right, and I need it now. And I know you got it. No, let's just talk about it offline. And we'll we'll uh, we'll see what we can come up with. I will never okay? talk to this man again. All right. Hey, I uh, uh, I love you, Kevin. Love Be you well too, and uh, and stay well and uh, try the yolk. Just a little okay. yolk in the Goodbye. egg next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. You know, there are a lot of people that ask me, how accurate is the depiction of your relationship, specifically with Sona, huh. um, that's that you hear on the podcast? Meaning, do we turn this on when we're on the podcast, but we're not this way most of the time? And I would say this is a fairly accurate representation. But I had an yes. example of something that happened the other day that's just a perfect example of, I think, how we are in the real world. I'm terrified. No, you shouldn't be terrified. Okay. It's actually, um, <laughs> uh, we taped our show, which we do at the Largo Theater. Yes. The television show, so many shows now. Um, I have a puppet show. I have a, <laughs> I have a Cirque du Soleil show. There's so many versions oh, of Conan. Have a Cirque du Soleil show? Uh, yes. What do that. you do? I am the least yeah. limber member of the Cirque du Soleil oh, just troupe. Just an aerial <laughs> Conan. Yeah. Everyone else is spinning and twisting and and um and then i i'm in a chair and they uh i slightly reclined the chair about eight degrees oh my once God. once we reclined it the music was playing uh and we reclined it uh 14 degrees and i started screaming and they rushed me to <laughs> that's terrible so anyway um so many different shows shit. now but we did the um the television show at largo theater and then we were done and we thought, let's go grab a bite to eat. So Sona and I went, and we went in the neighborhood to this Italian restaurant where you can sit out on the sidewalk. They're very safe there. We could socially distance. Yeah. And I want to make that point. So we're sitting outside, and it's right across the street from Cedar sinai uh, Hospital, which is a big hospital here in Los Angeles. And we're sitting there, and we're um, are waiting for our food when I saw two guys that work for the hospital. They looked, they were EMTs and they were running down the street. One was at the front of a gurney, one was at the back of the gurney, but the gurney was completely empty. Yeah. They were just rushing down the sidewalk with uh, an empty gurney on wheels and they were pushing it really fast and headed into the hospital entrance. And I pointed to it and I said, oh my God, Sona, the invisible man's been in a terrible accident. And... <laughs> Um, it's so stupid. It's such a stupid <laughs> joke. But Sona started laughing really hard. It's so stupid. And, um, and, and then I said, high five that, Sona. And Sona was laughing, so she high fived it. And then our food comes. And then we're eating our food. And it's just like, it's 10 minutes later. And I went, Invisible Man had an accident, right, Sona? And she went, yeah. Yeah, no, that was really, that was funny. That got me. It's stupid, yeah. but it's really funny. 10 minutes ago. Then, um... <laughs> <laughs> then I'm, I'm, it's later, it's an hour later and I'm running errands and I call Sona on the cell phone and she's thinking I'm going to ask her to do something and she picks up and I go, Invisible Man had an accident, right? <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I acknowledged it. Oh God. And um, then- Flash forward like three hours later. Yeah. It's getting to be nighttime. Four hours later, I text you. Uh-huh. In, right? Invisible yes. man. Accident. <laughs> and you were like, and then I can't stop. I've got to keep doubling down on the invisible oh, man had man. an accident. Uh, it was really funny the first time. Right. But then there's some part of me that can't help 
but ruin it. I have to drive you, it into the ground. Totally. And the thing is, you were so proud of yourself, too. And then, you know, there were high fives, there were chuckles. And I think because you felt so good about nailing a joke, which you you do, by the way, for your career. I'm happier about a stupid one than I am about a good one. <laughs> and something about them rushing down the street and they looked like really serious and there's an empty gurney, but I knew the invisible man had been hit on a bicycle. Which, but, and then I'm thinking, this happens all the time to the invisible man because he's invisible. So when, you know, when he's out walking around, people are hitting, and you know what that's really stupid? I bet the invisible man had like iPods in and was listening to music. So yeah. he's invisible and he's listening to tunes and he's constantly, constantly getting hit. You know, and every time they take him to the hospital, they're like, invisible man. Yeah, there's got, like a whole like, come on. Were you listening to your invisible uh, iPhone buds? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, don't have that attitude. You got to listen if you're going to be invisible, you know? I mean, you should like maybe spray some sand or dust on him or something. They've so that- tried it, but he's very sensitive skin. Oh, <laughs> he does? Yeah. His yeah. invisible skin is very sensitive. Very super sensitive. He's tried it. He's tried doing a light paint when he goes out on a jog and it doesn't work. Well, why wouldn't he just wear clothes? <laughs> Well, first of all, he enjoys being naked. Okay. Right. One of the joys of being the Invisible Man is walking around naked. Yeah, he's you just naked? Get the, yeah, you got to let I things- I just thought the moment he puts clothes on, he be, they become invisible. It doesn't work that way. You got to oh. be completely naked. Okay. That's one of the erotic thrills of being the Invisible Man, and it's why <laughs> he's such a perv. Um, so anyway, the fact that I couldn't let that joke go, yeah. that is an exact example of what I do all the time. And probably if I hadn't brought it up here on the podcast, I would have waited a few days. Uh-huh. And then I guess I'm going to say like on Sunday, I would have bombarded you with a couple of invisible men. Like, wasn't that good? Invisible yeah. Man? And you would have been like, you've got to stop. Yes. yes. My hope would be that years later after you're retired and Sona's not working for you and you're on your deathbed and you haven't spoken in 10 years, you just call her and the last thing you do before you die, remember the invisible man. Yeah. <laughs> remember? It's funny because if he was rushed to the hospital, <laughs> It would look just like those two men pushing an empty gurney. And you'll be in a gurney and naked. Right. Yeah. And I'll be in a gurney and, and naked. naked. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. and it's so on brand for you that your last words would be a bit and not like my last poignant words, words. My last words uh, will be a bit. Like, I've always thought, you know, there's that weird guy, uh, Jordan Schlansky, who works for us. Yeah. I always thought that if something, God forbid, something terrible happened to me and... Um, People rushed up and I was fading fast. And they said, is there anything we could say? Instead of saying, tell my wife I loved her, I'd probably say, tell Jordan Schlansky, I'm not a fan. And then I die. Oh my God. Oh my God. And my wife would be like, what did he say? Uh, He said, tell, tell, tell me that, tell Liza I love her. No, that's not what he said. We thought that's where he was going, but he said, tell Jordan Schlansky, I'm not a fan. And then he went on a little bit about how Jordan usually comes in late and seems to have attitude and doesn't back it up with his work. How long did he talk for? About 45 minutes. You're dying. Did he mention his children? No, we actually brought up his children a couple. We brought up Nev and Beckett and we said, is there anything you should tell them? And he was like, no, 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 no. Whatever, they'll figure it out. Look, also bring up the fact that he's always talking about manscaping. Why does he manscape? Oh my God. And then, you know, how long was he? Well, he lived for about six days. And we kept saying we should, why didn't you contact me? He said you shouldn't contact him. He was on a roll about 
This guy at work who irritated him. Oh my God. So he just went off. Okay. Well, anyway, that's what we're like. You're a sick man. That's the real us, yes, right, pal? It is. You're Are right, we, buddy. Can I, can I just touch on the shoulder and go, yeah, yeah. buddy? Okay. That's oh, enough. super spreaders. Yeah. Yeah. I just had my hand in a big bucket of COVID. A bucket of COVID. <laughs> they sell it at the Cracker Barrel. Bucket of COVID. Yeah, I went from my bucket of COVID and then I just put my hand in there. I don't know why Cracker Barrel sells that shit. It's crazy. Cracker Barrel, knock it off. Where is a Cracker Barrel? There uh, isn't one here. We've gone off the rails. There's no way this is making it in. No, There's this probably- can't. Yeah. But is there a Cracker Barrel anywhere nearby? I don't no, think right? So. You'd have to go out a ways, out towards the creek. Okay. Okay. We're done. We're done. We're done here. No, you're ending in a crick. You know what I love? I love. I love that that Gorley's trying to end this neatly, and I'm refusing to let this have a neat ending. Yeah. No. He go out to the Cracker Barrel. Head out towards the crick. Get yourself a big bucket of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Now you have to put that in. Possibly the biggest laugh yet. I'm playing my gotta laugh musical instrument. It's a woodwind. Gorley can't cut this out. He can't cut it out. Conan O'Brien needs a friend with Sonam Obsession and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.